0: You're listening to Creative Rituals with me, artist and illustrator Georgie Stewart. This is a new podcast about the daily habits of artistic life. Each week, I'll be asking writers, artists, musicians, and all kinds of creatives about how exactly they get down to it and make great work. How do artists plan their day to generate and protect their creativity? My guest this week is Sadie Pickering. Sadie is the founder of Soul Beauty Rituals, a practice that centres around the cyclical energies. Sadie believes that when we live in harmony with nature, we unlock the pathways to our true soul purpose. As well as her work with Soul Beauty Rituals, Sadie is also a musician, playing as one half of the folk band Gypsy River. She has worked as an actor for over 20 years and last autumn she became mother to Baby Phoenix. Sadie is one of the most deeply intuitive, caring people I've met and her energy is unmatched. She's so calming to be around and I think you'll see what I mean from listening to her voice. She almost has a fairy-like energy to her. She's taught me so much in regards to how I approach life and channel my creativity today and I'm really looking forward to sharing some of the things we love talking about together.
1: But it's also so nice to be talking one-on-one again because it's been so long since our sessions. I miss them so much but I do equally love being part of Circle and that community now so much.
2: It's an amazing community, isn't it? There's such lovely people in there and it's really genuine and heart centred and there's no egos. It's just so lovely. And I love it sometimes, like in the WhatsApp group where I can see things and I don't even need to like other people answer. It's So nice.
1: Yeah, So nice. So nice. Because we figured out the other day, didn't we, that it was about the time of Beltane when we started working together but our lives were so different then that you were in the early stages of pregnancy yeah and I was living in a van in Albania
2: (laughs) how funny is that so much has happened yeah wow and I think that's that's why I love working with the cycles because you you constantly look back and reflect and then and then look at the present and then look forward so you Sometimes I think we go through life and we don't acknowledge things like that. Like, wow, that in
1: that time, so many things have happened. We've grown yeah. so much. So many things. And I also think so many things that have happened wouldn't have happened if we hadn't worked together. Like, do you remember when you did a visualization exercise with me? I think it was we we weren't really sure what life was going to look like when we came back, but we knew we might want to live by the sea and you did a visualization sec- uh, exercise with me about this cottage by the sea and then I think well, you, then you saw a picture of it months later and you voice it to me saying oh my god that's exactly how I imagined it yes yeah exactly
2: how incredible yeah I love that it was so so clear the image of where you'd be
1: yeah oh, so and it was like months before like some different things happened and you kind of forget about stuff but I feel like that is the beauty of visualization and manifestation sometimes it takes it can be years after a seed is planted I used to have this obsession with I think it must have been about six years ago I listened to or I read about um Roald Dahl's writing routine and he had this uh hut at the bottom of his garden that he would go and Walk to every day and write it, and I'm just obsessed with the idea of getting a shed in my garden. And when I moved home for lockdown, I'd like every day to my dad, please, can we get a shed? Please get a shed. And we couldn't because you need planning permission, which I still don't really understand. But and then I kind of forgot about it. And now, where we are now, I even forgot about it. And then the other day, I was just like, oh my God, I have a shed in the bottom of my garden, just like that dream I had six years ago. And I even have these little French doors uh, in our bedroom. So I walk out of my bedroom to the shed and it just gives me such a buzz every time. It just feels like really magical. But yeah, I think that's my point was it can take years, but it's just as long as you plant the seed that I think your actions kind of lead you there. Exactly. It's planting the seed with
2: the intention and then trusting that it will come through, but also still taking the steps because... It's you and the universe co creating. And, but things do come through in their own time. They'll manifest in their own time. And what I remember as well was you, we'd done the visualization, but then you actually were weighing things up about moving down, weren't you? So it almost like we went away from that. Then, um, you weren't sure, but it's actually come through. But so, that's the thing. So sometimes, even though the manifestation is out there and it's in motion, we'll go away from it without realizing that actually we're going to come back around. But the going away is part of the journey to
0: yeah. get there.
1: And I think it's also trusting your intuition because I remember voice noting you when I wasn't sure because we got off the ferry after our trip and drove to Cornwall, which is where Ted had his first interview. And I was into you going, I'm really not sure about this. Like, it just doesn't feel right. And then that job didn't end up working out, which I was so relieved about. But something in my belly was just going, I'm not, we're not supposed to be here. But then when Devon happened, everything in my body was saying yes. And it has been the best thing ever. But it's so true that like you, you have to really tune into how your body's feeling, whether it's a resounding yes, and if it's not, it's probably a no. <laughs> Yes,
2: yeah, exactly. Knowing what the yeses and the noes are and you do feel it physically. But sometimes we'll feel a no in our body, but our head will be thinking it should be a yes.
1: Yeah, that's the logical decision. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I think that's a huge thing for everybody, I think, um, to learn your yeses and your noes and to try and wherever possible really honour those. Because if you don't, I think, In the end, it will come back around. Something will happen to help get you back to that. Yeah. Soul. Yes.
1: And I think you've kind of reassured me in the past where I've said, "Oh, I didn't listen to my intuition," and you've kind of explained it in the way of it being a muscle that you have to exercise to get to know.
2: Yeah, and even if you, even the part of the time where you're not able to listen is part of you then learning how to listen. So it's there's never any mistakes there's never any getting anything wrong it's all part of the journey and I don't think we ever get to the final place where we figure everything out it's
1: forever learning <laughs> and growing <laughs> you've taught me so much about living in tune with the cycles. could you talk a little bit about that and what it is that you do yes um Okay, so I
2: absolutely love the cycles of the seasons, the moon, the sun, and our own cycles, our menstrual cycles, the cycles of our lives, and how they're all interweaving and mirroring each other. And, and it's, there's a lot there. So it can feel quite overwhelming to learn about cycles at first, because there's so many different ones, but actually the same pattern flows through all of them so you just pick one and start to grow with that one and learn learn how it how it um flows and then naturally it will feed into the others so if you look at the seasons and that arc of the year and how the energy grows and grows and grows through the spring summer and then autumn winter it falls away and that's what happens with us we follow the seasons um So spring, summer, very yang, it's expansive, outward energy growing, autumn, winter, a yin, more of a retreat, internal, um, replenishing, resting um, in a nutshell. And then that same pattern, the moon cycle, the full moon is like the summer solstice, like the peak of the summer. Um, and the new moon is like the darkest time of the year so the winter so you can see how the seasons are reflected in the moon phases and then the menstrual cycle exactly the same Um, that uh, our bleed our menstruation is like the winter that's when we retreat and rest and nourish which we don't always do Um, and the more we do that we reap the rewards come the time when we're ovulating we should naturally have more energy feel more outward expansive expressive because we've had that time to retreat so when you work with the seasons you naturally find more harmony because you're in alignment with them that's your that's that's the way we're meant to exist it's we are cyclical we're not meant to be one note all the time one rhythm we we are we ebb and flow we expand contract um. And it's the balance of both. If you have too much of one, then the other gets depleted. So if you're too outward, so for example, in summer, you can really end up burning out because that's an expressive, outward, expansive time. But if you don't have those moments to pause and rest and reflect, you can end up burning out. In the same way, if you're too inwards, too, then you can end up stagnating. So it's always a balance. And I love to work with the cycles on every level so that's why it circles we do so many different things we move we get into our body we feel it all we journal so we enter that subconscious state where we have a stream stream of flow um from our soul onto the page um and that's where we can access messages um feelings that we might not know are there journaling meditating working with energy going Deeply into visualizations. And all of this is to connect with the cycles and our own soul in relation to the cycle. So we work with them. I hope that's explained
1: it. (laughs) Definitely. I feel like since starting to work with the cycles as well, it's just impacted every area of my life in the best way possible. And you start noticing things like what you were saying about everything being in harmony, like work, relationships reflect the cycles so in January I just really wasn't feeling like creating at all and I was and I sort of beating myself up about it but you have to tell yourself no it's fine it's natural and I did have this sudden burst of energy in springtime honestly like it was spring in my studio just creating 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 and I and I hadn't been sure that that inspiration had come back but through working with you I've kind of been telling myself it's okay, it's gonna come, it's gonna come, it's gonna come. But I guess when it's your job, it's slightly a bit more like, when's
2: it gonna come? Yeah. And knowing that, yeah, the trusting, I think trusting and surrendering is the biggest thing with all of all of this. And so when it's not there, I guess this is connected to creativity. Like, what do we do when it's not there, when we're not feeling it? And I think the more you try. Mm. that shows up like exactly. it's like that magical like magical spark um the more you try and catch it the more it like flies away from you whereas i find the less i try so with my creative stuff the less i try the more it will come to me um like in the shower in yoga thinking you know like when you think you don't have time for something like I didn't think I really could get to yoga last night because there was too much going on and I got there and then that's where you enter that still state and then the ideas just whew, come yeah, to
1: you. It's so true. You can't really plan out when you're going to have your best ideas. Even for the podcast, that, that idea came when I was drying my hair. It's not when I'm sat at my desk. Um But I guess it's thinking of things you can do in those still times. I guess whether it's like reading or something that's more like research-based that will all feed into your practice and your ideas, but aren't necessarily actively having to come from within, from from you.
2: That's a really good point. So in that January quiet time that you were feeling, what did you do?
1: What did you do to help? Um, So, like I said, not going to lie, I did beat myself up quite a lot, Um, but I think. I'm trying to even remember I, I, th- I think it was like a really quiet time I don't think I had many jobs at that point point. and again because of the illustration work I never really know where my next job's coming from but then it was like an influx in, in spring I guess because it was well over Christmas that's when people want it and then January is quite quiet I actually worked on my mural in February um can I switch this around my sea mural oh <laughs> my gosh
2: wow it's so amazing <laughs> yeah. I did not know oh. switch camera around but yeah that's
1: what I did but so that is creating but I it had been one of those things that had been in the in the diary for ages like I've got a do mural there in that blank space so I guess because it was just for me it was a bit different than doing it for someone else
2: <laughs> Some, sometimes there's that the wisdom of the season so like now that you've been through that and it may feel different next year but could you almost plan ahead that january is going to be a month for you yeah and then and then it removes then if you get get the creative feeling you can follow it but equally you can just surrender to knowing that it may not be there because it's where nothing is really happening yeah
1: (laughs) i think that i'm gonna do that later i'm gonna make a list of all different kinds of activities that i can do when i don't feel like creating those still helpful to my practice that's something yeah that's
0: that's a really cool idea
2: I can imagine that would be really helpful to other people listening as well because so often it's the things that inspire the creativity to do whereas actually what to do when you're not feeling it and that actually isn't the goal isn't to then create it's just to do something (laughs) so what differentiates a ritual from a routine for you Oh wow, that's such a good question. Because the routine is like brushing your teeth. Wash that's that to me is a routine. What how does how do the the things become then a ritual? I think it's all about intention. So actually, even brushing your teeth could become a ritual if you have the intention around it and you create it's it's taking it up a notch, I think. Um so for me, a ritual would be for example if I was working with the moon it's the lighting of the candle is really important um or maybe even just a daily practice that lighting that candle is part of the ritual it sets the tone I'm I'm going inwards I'm doing my work so lighting the candle meditating journaling um moving my body and then closing by blowing out the candle, probably also adding an element of having a nice drink, creating that lovely drink to go with that whole process. So that to me is a ritual. For Phoenix, his bedtime routine, is that a routine or is that a ritual? Um, it's the order of everything really signals to him that sleep's coming. So I don't know, like, and those patterns before we go to sleep, the things that we do, I think are really important to signify that sleep's coming, so it's a bedtime ritual or a routine. I don't know. I feel it's quite ritually, um, because there's a whole energy around it. Mm. Um, I feel like a ritual has more power. Definitely, it's a, a powerful thing. And when we're doing the manifestation work, the visualization, the release work, putting that within a ritual is more powerful. It's almost like the ritual is like um, a container for the work and the elements really, really help create that container. So like I said, the candle, maybe a crystal, anything anything to really like... Um, make it sacred that's a ritual whereas something that you just do every day or it's kind of mundane that's a routine does that make sense I I kind of was thinking
1: as I was talking yeah I totally agree intention power and I would also have maybe like presence so my to-do list or routine or whatever you just kind of blast through it but in a ritual, you like to be really present.
2: Yes, that's key. Presence, hundred percent presence, because you can be doing a routine and thinking about anything, can't you? You could be doing your exercise routine and you may not be like fully in your body, breathing. It'd be lovely if you are. No, <laughs> but quite I'm never... often we're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I want to <laughs> get past that. <laughs> the same with um with with any with any of the routines that we do. Whereas, yeah, ritual, you're bringing in that presence and
1: it's important, isn't
0: it? Mm. I think I feel
1: like you've actually taught me so much about presence as well. going back to January when I wasn't really making much and yeah, being myself up. And I think I still slip up sometimes in terms of telling myself I need to be super productive. But you taught me so much about measuring your day on presence rather than productivity, which is so key, I think.
2: So lovely hearing this back, because I feel like since having Phoenix, I may maybe beating myself up a little bit about that, too. So it's really nice for you to cycle that back to me, because, yeah, presence presence for me is the key with him. Like being present with him is the most important thing in the productivity I, I don't need to worry too much about that. It will come through when it's meant to. But yeah, presence is the greatest thing we can we can be because we're in the moment. Um, we don't at the. I feel like at the end of our lives, we don't look back and think about um,
1: what we got done. We were
2: productive, yeah, <laughs> it's the moments that you were really present with yourself, present with people, giving them your full attention don't know I don't know whether we all do that as much anymore because we're so distracted by everything there's always
1: something to distract us I literally had this thought the other day a couple of weeks ago went to my nana's funeral and they were talking about what an amazing person she was how kind like the kindest person ever and I was I was literally having this thought thinking on my deathbed or at my funeral I'm not going to be worried about how productive I was like I'm just going to want to be a good person and have good relationships and we can get so caught up at the day-to-day of what yeah what we've got done that day or what we've not got done whereas in a few years is it really going to matter probably not
2: no I think relationships friendships are so important aren't they and making time to water those I've really found that with with having a baby my mum groups I'm very lucky like we've got a really great like solid mum group where there's um there's just no judgment and you can share the mistakes that you're making and there's everybody we laugh about things um you know even the shadowy stuff around motherhood maybe comparisons we go like we really like go into it and um talk about everything and that friendship group I really want to water because Phoenix with those other babies like that they're his first friends and that that's important like that's something I need to matter all the things that are going on um that's so important and I think yeah our friendships um are such a huge part of our lives but I do think you know the productivity is important because that's our sole purpose in motion. If we are aligned and we our work is our passion, like for you with your creations, it's really important that that energy is flowing. But I was thinking today about creativity. Pressure and stress are like, hinder creativity. Whereas play, freedom, that enhances creativity doesn't it so the more we get work up tight we we're then tightly wound and the creative idea can't break through and I think yeah so productivity is still important because that's our growing like how nature grows and and shines and expresses itself but I think the pressure that we put on ourselves to achieve and succeed and make money and yeah all of that's important but it's it's the energy behind it to re- that really helps us be the best that we can possibly be and fulfill ourselves and um, to live a fulfilled life that's the how lovely that would be at the yeah. end of your life to really that is
1: the goal isn't it
2: yeah in on every level <laughs>
1: Could you describe the environment of your workspace for me? Do you have one specific space you work in or are you a bit nomadic? I'm
2: nomadic. It's really funny because we've done an extension and I I still don't have a space for me. Um, And we've obviously got our little boy now, but it's funny that you were talking about a shed because I'm currently looking at how much it would cost to put a shed in, maybe get a business loan and... To create a space for my personal practice, but also for me to hold space for others to do treatments,
1: That'd be to gorgeous. do my circles,
2: yeah, that's that's mine, and then I can I can have all my crystals out. Whereas I feel at the moment, there's just I'm currently in the nursery yeah. doing this podcast, just <laughs> which is lovely. The phoenix
1: on the wall,
2: yeah, the phoenix. Oh my god, it's a lifesaver, honestly, because the changing table, he just screams now he hates being on there and he but he stands and he looks at it and tries to reach for it
1: oh so cute
2: he absolutely he he really loves it honestly it's such a special gift (laughs) I'm glad
1: (laughs) no well I, I knew even way back when I um asked you do you know any names I think it was a few months before you gave birth and you said Phoenix and then it the image of the illustration just flashed into my head and I was like okay I've got I've got to do that for Sadie and Phoenix
2: it's so beautiful and like I actually couldn't believe that you'd taken the time out to create I could I, it was so funny because I, <laughs> I was like I didn't realize that you'd actually made us something from scratch which obviously you're an illustrator so it makes complete sense but I didn't allow myself to even go there to think and it was such a generous beautiful gift Honestly. So for the podcast listeners, we're looking in the background of my Zoom at um, a beautiful illustration that Georgie did of a phoenix for Phoenix. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, no, you're welcome. I'm glad. I'm glad that you like it. Oh yeah, so spaces. Yeah, because uh, when you do circle, I I love that space. You and there's always this John Lennon picture in the background that makes me so happy. It's my mum's place which actually works really well
2: so i it at the beginning i was doing circles here and marcus was trying to do bedtime with me here but he was trying to keep phoenix as quiet as possible which was obviously then like he's not then in tune with phoenix he's he's thinking about me and my circle so and then i could hear him crying and feeling that pull to go and help So it really wasn't working, me being in the house. And as soon as I went to my mum and dad's, that meant that Marcus could then breathe and just follow Phoenix's cues. If there was a bit of crying, it was fine. Um, But then, and then I could be at mum and dad's and have be in my space for the circle, which works really, really well, me going there, which would work really well with going to the shed in the future. Who knows how long it might take
1: I can see you in a little shed. I think there's just something so special about having your own little place to work because before, because I did our shed up like before it was honestly just where cobwebs and spiders came to die, but um, <laughs> before, you know, when, like we don't have an office to go to, like Ted will go to the office, but when you're just at home all the time, I think you can sort of get a bit cabin fever, even though it's just outside. It's that act of stepping out and going into the new building, and yes. like you can, yeah, you've got your own space almost. Which is
2: the a, things, the things around as well. Like, I, I can't wait to have that to have my little altar space, you know, which I talk about with with my circles, so important. But I just don't, I yeah, I don't know where to do it here, um, and it's it's because we've gone quite minimalist with the house. There's not really many places there's there's lots of storage um so i've got my vision board by the bed and some crystals so i guess that's kind of my altar at the moment just by my bed um but to have that special space um and then i'm going to at the side have a vocal booth so i can do all my voiceovers there um which at the moment i really just work with one studio for voiceover work so it would mean it would could open up the doors to work with more people maybe do audio books.
1: I'd love to read children's stories oh my gosh you'd be so good at that <laughs> your voice especially in your meditations because I put them on before we go to sleep sometimes and on it's out like that your voice is so relaxing
2: <laughs> oh maybe I should do like sleep stories for babies oh my or God. For, for adults as well
1: <laughs> yeah that would be amazing and you mentioned vision boards there do you do you, are you always making new vision boards all the time or do you just have one for the year or? I tend to do one for the year and in, in
2: January, that's a ritual. So that's a ritual as part of the year, like every January, I say January is not the best time to really take action on things. It's more of a vision, visionary month. Um, It's a quiet time. So I think doing, creating a vision board is really a beautiful thing to do in January. And it's interesting that, yeah, everyone seems to want to do that. The the circles that I do that involve vision board making always sell really quickly and fill up really fast. Um, So, yeah, I think it's a, a really lovely thing to do. And when I look back over my vision boards, it's a bit crazy, like the things that have come through. And I have actually had a shed on it for the last few boards. So it's been there for a while but I'm only just starting to slowly take action but also yeah what else Um, sometimes material things like the car the car that I I sold my little Fiat which is called Joni beautiful car that I absolutely loved but I wanted to get a bigger car that would be much easier for the dog and the baby much more practical and things like that so that was on the vision board and that's come through the extension a few years ago um but then also like I've put you know circles of women around and I did lots of womby stuff and that was all pre-phoenix there's yeah it's like some of it will be spiritual development so maybe I'll have like a picture of the stars um or somebody meditating somebody journaling um And it is fascinating when you look back at them, the power of a vision board. Um, And this tends to happen with other people as well that I'm in those circles with. A lady that I run workshops with at the body barn in Altrincham, a lot of her things came through. I think she had something on her board, which was a a woman with two children, and she'd put it on her board and she has two children, but she didn't realize that in the image, (laughs) the woman's also pregnant. And then she um, ended up having a third child that she hadn't kind of consciously
1: pulled oh in. So it's it, yeah,
2: yeah. It um, <laughs> so is really be careful what you put on there. But obviously, it's really um, special for her. Um, yeah, vision boards are really amazing, and I do think it is going back to spaces as well. I think it is important to have a space. So I'm feeling like I'm missing something at the moment, and I. I know it is really important to have a space where you can do your work.
1: For sure, I love yeah. vision boards. I actually got mine as my screensaver on my phone and my iPad. So whenever I reach down for my phone, it kind of—it's like almost subliminal messaging. It's reminding me of things that I want to do, rather than just scroll on my phone. Maybe I can take a bit of action, a little tiny, tiny step
0: to get yes. towards one of them.
2: It helps you not forget. Because, yeah, and, and sometimes we change our minds on our dreams, but often we forget them, I think, and get very distracted. And I think right now we're in that midpoint of the year. So it's a really lovely time to check in if you have made a vision board to check in with them or even just check in with your goals in general because this rest of the year we can really continue to grow. And then we'll be harvesting soon with the different harvest seasons. Um, Yeah.
1: lovely you wear many hats as well as your work with soul beauty rituals which is your business name you're also in a band you're a mother an actor how do you divide your time between the different aspects of your creativity do you allocate a little bit of time each day for each one or do you work more in sort of solid days or blocks of time for each thing i i feel like i'm
2: always figuring this out (laughs) but somehow (laughs) the hats work together as one and occasionally they all like um what's the word whoops they all um come in at once and I'll have a little bit from each one at the same time so maybe a gig a voiceover um circles maybe it's that that one of those times within the wheel of the year where, where there's like circles so I can have busy times. I just have to make sure that I balance my energy. Um, I find it's really important to leave white space in my diary and protect that. Um, And I guess I just um, nudge forward on each thing. So yeah, I also do social media for the nursery company that I mentioned that my mum and dad own in Lim and Broad Heath back to the garden. So I, feel like I have to be very focused especially with being a mum that I cannot afford to distract myself on things that aren't really doing much like I feel like I'll go on to Instagram and then just get completely distracted
0: and time and just, just goes time. like
2: that doesn't it and this is one for me one of the things with that full moon one of my intentions for this next phase is to try and catch that and try and create a boundary around that because I know it's just swallowing up time and um I guess each day I just try and think about each of this hat each hat and just nudge forward it's like if you've got my my five different things that I do all the plates are spinning and I just give each one a little bit of a nudge um And it does help. Phoenix is at nursery two days a week now. So that really helps. And I also have to be careful of, I think this is true as a really good reasons for having another space to go to is if I'm at home, I just end up cleaning and tidying because there is that tidy space, tidy mind. (laughs) Virgo. Yeah. But then you can end up spending so long doing the tidying that then when you sit down to
1: do the work, you're tired. The day's gone, and, and the, the day's, day's gone. gone. Yeah, it's so true because I feel like, especially when we moved in I spent. I was. I do not actually regret it now, but I spent a good few months actually just getting the house in order, like doing the house up, and so I wasn't really working, working that much. But again, would like clean all the time, and Ted was like, just don't clean, and like until later, like just. Get sit down at your desk and line and start working and like yeah okay and now I am much better at that Um, but it's it is so tempting because you think I can't I can't possibly start until it's all ready yeah and my mum was exactly the same it's almost like
2: you can't think creatively unless you have a tidy space but that can be a form of procrastination I think yeah and I think creativity we have to really be careful of procrastination. And even though, so I'm not creative in terms of like, at the moment, I'm not writing music like I've done before and things like that. But I do feel like a lot of my work is creative and requires creative thinking. Um, So yeah, I think we can often procrastinate um, and sometimes you just have to just
1: block it out and just start. Mm, And get down to it. Because I think sometimes procrastination is... Actually, just sort of a, a defense mechanism against stress. Like I'm always so stressed about the amount of work I've got to do that I do everything else rather well than it. Whereas the best thing I could do for my stress would just be to get onto it and start the work.
2: Yeah, exactly. Whereas there's somebody, I can't remember who it is, one of one of the kind of um people who write like motivational stuff, she talks about eating the frog. You heard of that no that you do you eat the frog first so do the hardest thing first do the thing and I have to tell myself that
1: eat the frog I love eat that. the frog
2: <laughs> and because because you can do the cleaning and the time ty- that can be meditative you can do that um afterwards but doing the thing that actually is probably causing you the most stress that's feeling like a pressure Mm. that first um so yeah I I somehow manage to navigate the the various hats and they work together but but they also like acting and voiceover work similar to what you were saying about your your art art and the jobs um like the commission's I'm not in control of whether they come in or not. Mm. So at the moment I've got like a real dry patch of voiceovers um, because it's the summer. But then maybe a couple of months ago, I had like maybe three in a week. Um, and it's so I can't, it's hard to be like secure in that, whereas I've yeah, I don't know. There's just some of my jobs are more consistent and some are very sporadic. And that's why they all work together. And I love my work with the cycles and the seasons because that's my grounding. There's always going to be a full moon. There's always going to be a new moon. And and that gives me, it also anchors me into um, maintaining my work with the seasons. since having Phoenix. The fact that I have a circle that I have to show up for is a priority. So Marcus will watch Phoenix and I can go and do that. Whereas if I didn't have the circle to go to and I'm here in the house with the with with my family, I don't know how, how, I don't think it would be that easy to make that time for myself to work with the seasons. I have to kind of go somewhere to do it. And I found that in the circles, I'm doing a lot more of um, my work as well. Like I was journaling the other day with you all, whereas um, sometimes I haven't done that because I'll have my own time to journal outside of the circle. But I'm aware now that like time is so precious that I journal with you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You became a mother to Baby Phoenix last autumn. How do you feel becoming a mother has impacted your creativity? Do you have less time to dedicate to creative rituals? Or do you feel like you've become a more creative individual seeing the world through a child's eyes? Mm, So I'm...
2: I feel more I feel like especially the age that he's at now I'm in that play play state with him um and it's all about presence and and that's why with him I can't really be thinking about the things that I have to do and stuff like that I have to maximize that time elsewhere when he's being looked after when I'm with him it's pure presence and play um and so i'm not i'm not physically creating but i guess he is my creation that that is now i'm watching unfold and develop and grow what and i do feel like something's coming for me and i'm going to just trust it but i'd really i'd like to be able to i feel like i'd like some children's songs to come through
1: wow because
2: I've written so the songs that I wrote in my 20s the ones that are on Spotify they're all like about discovering life figuring out relationships family I was really working through things and I think the songs were very much my therapy almost um and and now I'm not I'm not really, I don't feel that need to write that kind of music anymore. I feel quite, generally quite happy. (laughs) Mm. And I think a lot of those songs came from a place of not being very happy and and being quite confused. And I think my intention would be to write something that I could sing to him. And at the moment I do, I sing all sorts of like just silly songs, often about poo, like a- anything. <laughs> so, so I know, like, I I also think that's really important to that we have to do the play, the just be silly in order to get to the real gems. By doing that, you're keeping everything fluid and in, in motion. And e- that, that's why I say in the journaling to even write stuff that doesn't make sense, because it, in the end, A little gem of something will come through, but you almost have to like keep the flow going to get there. So I'm just allowing myself to play lots. And I think play is so
1: connected to spirituality as well.
0: Um, Lovely. Yeah.
1: You categorized your ritual work into different sections, working with the body, energy, emotions the soul i not missing it out there um, but can you talk a bit about that and why is each one important
2: so i see i see the soul at, at the um the soul is where all those other layers are kind of going to like pathways to the soul so each of them are very very important to work with so i i believe if you sit and meditate that you might still struggle if you haven't worked through something physically at some time like moving your body is a way to then help clear your mind everything connects so I think moving your physical body is as important as sitting or lying and doing that visualization meditative work um and the body also stores emotions, So you might experience emotional releases when you really move your body. And, and I'm talking about like moving meditation, really connecting to breath, um, maybe sounds. So really releasing anything that's stored and locked in the body. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's about how it feels and going into that. So working through the physical body as a form of meditation, as a form like a medicine movement, I call it. Um and then the emotional realm that could be through through sharing, um, through actually vocalizing your emotions and speaking, that's really powerful and healing and really important to talk um and to listen because when somebody else shares, that can trigger a feeling of that you resonate with what they're sharing. So listening and speaking and also writing can really unlock our emotions too. So the emotions are messengers of the soul and the emotions can get stored in the body too. And then you've got the energy work. So sometimes we can just feel a bit uh, uh, like stagnant, um, and maybe it's an energy thing maybe we need to really do some clearing that energy channel some light um clear out our energy field just like we'd click like have a shower maybe energetically we need an an energetic shower to clear out any stagnant energy because it can stagnate um and fester so it's kind of like hygiene and the more we clear we are the more free we are on a physical level emotional level energetic level the more able we're uh, the more able we are to communicate with the soul which gets drowned out and the soul can get drowned out by like physical tightness and tension suppressing emotions stagnant energy so working through all those layers really helps keep that soul um uh bright so it's always going to be bright because it's it's an infinite light I believe the soul is like a spark that's us that travels um through many lives um so it's always always going to be bright but it's the it's the layers um of dust that that kind of dim the light and and block our communication with it so maybe we're going through our lives making decisions that really aren't soul-based and we're unhappy and not sure why um and the soul is trying to speak to us through our physical body it's trying to speak to us through our emotions our energy and we're not listening so that's why to keep those pathways free and it's a constant like you can't just shower once and be clean forever you you got to
1: constantly work through them (laughs) yeah it's so interesting what you're saying about the layers because that is an image I have been having since I moved here I I moved to Devon about eight eight months ago now which has gone so quickly but I honestly feel like since moving here I guess because I'm not around everyone in London I was around everyone I knew and you know things just kind of get put on you but now it's almost like peeling layers back and back getting rid of things that are not serving me as you say are not really like my true soul purpose getting back into things I really enjoyed as a child like reading my book going in the sea just things that are so, just feel like they fill me up so authentically and I, yeah, I think that is through not being around people if that makes sense mm,
2: yeah definitely makes sense Um. And I think those phases are fine as well. I do think, you know, it's important. It's like part, part of us discovering who we are. Like I was saying about the songs in my 20s, all the different experiences that I had and different relationships. And I, there's never any mistakes.
1: It's all part of... It's so true because I was telling her were talking about how, how our, our relationship was so different when we met and we were going out all the time. As you say, it's so important. Like that was such a fun part of life. And have zero regrets, but we just change and evolve, don't we? Exactly, exactly.
2: Um, And that's the beauty of it: is never. I think. Yeah, never
1: regretting anything. So, talk me
0: through a typical
1: morning for you, gearing up for a day of work ahead. Do you have any specific morning rituals?
2: So, in the old days, I definitely did. Whereas now, again, like I said, um, Phoenix is almost he's my ritual um and he he keeps me present so i guess i am in the zone um but so i'll do the old old pre pre phoenix i had i loved my morning ritual lighting the candle um meditating journaling moving i didn't ha- do exactly the same thing every day and i didn't do it for exactly the same length as long as I did I would tune in so in the end before that I would do the same thing whereas I learned to be more intuitive so I would tune in first and see what I felt like would serve me best that day and then and then do that so whether it was moving my body for a little bit, you don't even need music to do that. You can use your breath, and just just getting into my physical body, um, maybe doing a little bit of energy channeling work, uh, maybe a little bit of writing. Maybe I'd ask myself about the day ahead and what something that's really lovely to do is imagine you're already at the end of the day looking back and create an affirmation around like how how the day flowed so smoothly how everything went so well like if there was something special like um for example an audition i'd think about how well it'd gone and how i was confident and how i expressed myself clearly looking back and almost visualizing that that had already happened so my rituals follow the path the those pathways to the soul the layers whichever one felt a bit that day or that could just be a nice, a nice area to work with. Just some, even walking in nature, So walking the dog for me counts as part of that morning ritual, being out in nature. So now, (laughs) now my ritual is, is Phoenix. It's, it's going, going in, um, opening the curtains looking at his little face having a cuddle getting him ready um having some milk and then going downstairs having a little bit of a play making his breakfast and then so maybe maybe eventually like today he was at nursery maybe what would be nice for me to maybe start doing is not then tidying the whole house once he's gone to give myself that routine that I had pre-Phoenix the rituals and even just five or ten minutes I think that's my intention
1: yeah because I feel like you do definitely have to carve out that time and it's so I'm the same there's sort of one hour in the day because we we get up early and go swimming in the sea and then we come back and when we get back it's about seven thirty. so then I have like about an hour before work And I really want to use that time to read. um, But it's so tempting to just get all the to-do jobs done in that time, isn't it? Or like you say, clean. But actually committing to using that time to do your rituals or whatever it is that's important to you. Yeah, just tell yourself that time is for that.
2: Communicating is so important as well, because Marcus can, can let things go a bit more than me. Like it doesn't really bother him as much. Whereas... If the night before we make everything nice and as organised as possible, then I don't have to do it the next morning, um, and that that's like huge. So it, I've just saved a load of time the next morning where I can do those rituals, um, and and that's the thing. He goes to work; he doesn't see it, so it's not bothering him. But if I'm in the house, it's bothering me.
1: <laughs> and you know, as a Virgo, it's like, <laughs>
2: um yeah so being organized and preparing the night before before you get too tired is then sets Mm. up the day the next day and I guess the evenings when phoenix is asleep that's a lovely time for me to do more of a ritual um to brain dump so I'll journal sometimes if I don't have time to journal I'll voice note journal have you ever tried that um I don't think I've tried that no if I don't have time to physically get the book book out maybe from in the day and I'm holding him I'll just voice note um journal (laughs) voice memo um so yeah brain dumping before bed is a really amazing ritual to do
1: yeah lovely do you have any other bedtime rituals
2: magnesium I I take my uh, it's not really exactly a ritual but it it's something that i do every night it's magnesium it's been a game changer for my sleep i wake up feeling really yeah it takes me into a really like nourishing lovely sleep and phoenix is a really good sleeper so um unless if he's like teething or there's something specific going on he's poorly he's generally sleeps all the way through so i've been starting to be able to have like a really decent sleep again And magnesium really helps you wake up feeling like you've had a good rest.
0: I used to try that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I take it in quite um, an accessible form. It's in liquid form and it's so good. So magnesium, I used to have baths, but I don't really do that anymore. Um, Just because of my, my, the bathroom's right next to his room. So I just don't want to do anything that might wake him up. (laughs) Um, So journaling like a brain dump um the yeah magnesium or making a nice tea and I really love to just before I go to sleep go into like a meditation visualization about something you know that that state that you get in where you're really really relaxed the state that I get you you guys to hopefully go to in the guided journeys it's like it's like a daydream that's yeah that's the really powerful state for planting seeds I think so
1: yeah that's one of my bedtime rituals too.
0: Love that how important do you think it
1: is to dedicate time in your day for creative acts that are not related to your work and what might these be for you? So me food like
2: making food as a creative act and something that I'm not that confident around so I'm making time to make food for me and phoenix um so i'm really enjoying that and i want to develop that more without it being you know something that i beat myself up for so if i have got a busy day we will use an ella's kitchen pouch or you know one of the organic pouches and it's and it's fine um because I'm seeing a lot of my mummy friends all making everything from scratch. They're just like coming out with all these like lovely muffins that they've just made. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like really rubbish that I'm not doing that for him. But actually, I'm coming to it now from a place of not not beating myself up, that I'm not that kind of mum at the moment, because I am juggling lots of different things. But I have started to make, th- make food for him and me, and I'm really enjoying that um what else what else creative acts like you said
1: reading reading Reading. is so creative because you're creating worlds in your head like it is actually you are obviously it's the great writing but as the reader you actually have to engage to fully immerse yourself in the world
2: yes yeah definitely it's uh, reading so I love books like actual books as well um when you can really lose yourself in a book that is
1: the best feeling yeah
2: um hmm. picking up the guitar having a little bit of a play seeing what's there voice voice notes again for songs I've started even recording some of the silly songs like I'll even sing songs I, I just make up songs about everything it could even be about like you know clean. I did something about cleansing the house with the sage <laughs> I made up a song but it was kind of like a mantra song maybe like a you know um um like a spell like a um a magical incantation so I'll I'll just think about everything for me that's really important to keep keep that flow so what what are your creative things that you do in the day? Me. And what were you going to say? Yeah, what were you going to say then as well?
1: Oh, I was going to say like alongside your children's songs you could almost do like a separate one that's all like the sage or like little ritual spell type songs would be really cool.
2: Yeah. So the, exactly and it's not it's not what I used to write but maybe I should just follow that and just start to record everything. Um And just that's I think that's where we don't always know exactly how things are going to go. But as long as we keep creating, keep the flow, then it will
1: unfold. Hmm.
2: What were you going to say that you do in the day to as creative
1: act? Um, Well, like you cooking, I think I didn't used to cook. And now it's such a nice unwinding thing at the end of the day. But it does take creative energy, which is I didn't really expect it to do but I have to sort of allow that little part of me that's going to cook later do you know what I mean I feel like yeah, I only have a certain amount of creativity in the day um i have to factor that in but yes. um something that I've got back into again sort of going back to what I enjoyed as a child I, is creative writing whereas it's something I did constantly when I was little and then I guess when I went to uni I kind of stopped when I was about 18 and hadn't done it for years and then since coming here there's been a voice saying like you should get back into that so I've joined a creative writing group in my village which has been nice to sort of set me exercises because the blank page is quite intimidating um just when I'm on my own so having a a little brief or exercise to work around is nice because I think ultimately like the illustration and writing could be so l- lovely to have together
2: that's why I was and, just thinking how they how they maybe cross over I'm really interested to hear that
1: yeah like I my dream is to do children's books <gasps> um but it's a it's a big I think I need my big idea um I think yeah the the plot is key and I don't don't have that yet whereas I think maybe I should just start and write whatever drivel comes into my head (laughs) Um, but starting can be scary.
2: Yeah I, I think so just start from wherever and it may not be that one that's the one but that one may have something in it that takes you to the next idea that what was I thinking of as well, just going back to creative stuff that I do do now, which is why it's not like the sit down rituals. I, I just do things all the time. And one of the things I am doing a lot of as well is um, characters and voices and um, and that I feel like my acting background is really coming through as a mother. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Because you're just playing, aren't you? Constant playing voices. Um, and just making him laugh is just the best thing ever. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe that I I feel like Phoenix is guiding me to to the next thing that I will offer. And I don't know exactly what that will be. Children's music, some maybe children's stories, uh, maybe character work. Because part of me, like, also really does miss that. I love act acting. It's such a huge part of me, but I kind of fell out of love with it, but more the industry than the actual thing. I really, really love acting. I love being physical. And I guess all the pathways, all those layers that I was talking about, they're all really important with acting, And maybe that's really influenced a lot of what I do with the cyclical work too, like finding the character physically, connecting to the emotions, looking at the energy of a character. And I'm, yeah, I'm really exploring being very playful through through my
1: whole being at the moment. (laughs) Love that. I think we'll just end with some quick fire questions. First thing you do when you wake up? I say thank you. That's such a unique answer. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you saying thank you to? The universe. The
2: universe. Um, And maybe specific things like thank you for my sleep. Thank you for the day ahead. I, I love starting the day with gratitude. Last thing you do before you go to sleep? I think it's that I go into, well, it's like a meditation just before sleep that I was talking about earlier. You know that like
0: your visualization. Gym, yeah. yeah. Yeah, gorgeous.
2: Obviously, it's like I'm looking at the monitor and <laughs> <for> all, like, <laughs> all of those things, but I'm trying to think of the thing that I do that's like more and it's that. I just enter that. So it's funny, it's almost like I end the day with um a little bit of gratitude as well. So it's gratitude and visioning. There's both of that. And then I start the
1: day. It's like a gratitude. full circle. Yeah yeah love that and final question why is living a creative life important to you
2: I couldn't not live a creative like it's it's important to me but I couldn't not live a creative life I think if I didn't live a creative life I'd be um asleep <laughs> through my life everything is creative but I also think we're all creative we're all creative beings so we're all we're all able like living a creative life is important for all of us um yeah it's who I am um and I could I couldn't not I'm unhappy I'm unhappy if I'm not creating in some way
1: because you know when people say I'm not creative but I so agree I think we're all creative in, in different ways
2: yeah it's just finding your language
1: isn't it yeah well, I think that's perfect. No, it on. Thank you so much. I've loved this so much. Thank you, Georgie.
2: I've honestly, it's been so lovely talking to you and it's amazing seeing your journey and everything that's happened for you. And I i can't wait to see like another year from now.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, I'm going to be coming home at some point in summer. So I'm hoping at some point it's going to uh, align with one of your in real life events because I'm desperate to come to one of them. The one you did the other day at such a, the summer solstice looked amazing. Oh, intense.
2: It was amazing. I loved it so much. Yeah, I will definitely keep you posted. I'm doing one with Kev from um in September because um, you like the cold swimming, don't you? So that will be a really nice one. But yeah, I'll keep you posted of everything you've got. Everything we've definitely. got. Coming up.
1: <laughs> cool. Well,
0: lots of love. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you want to hear more from Sadie, you can find her on Instagram at Soul Beauty Rituals and you can find me at Georgie Stewart Illustration. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it with a friend or anyone who might find it interesting. Thank you for listening to Creative Rituals.